0: This is wrestling for the faith. Wrestling for the faith.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to wrestling for the faith. I'm Casey Cage, and I'm Chad Leo. Oh, just right. Chad today. Oh, just Chad. Just Chad. We're not <laughs> yeah. not in the mood to to Hulk up no. and be Gosh. Gunner or Riker or Shatter or Riker <laughs> Whatever. Gunner Shatter aliases. I have yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the man of a thousand gimmicks. Not really, actually, that's not uh near as bad as a lot of guys, you know. No, no, some of
0: them, yeah, yeah, going and on and on. It's not like I, well, chose to change my name half the time, I was kind of forced
1: to, right? (laughs) Well, and I mean, I mean, really, like we've talked about it. If you're going to play in another movie, if you're you know, went from one movie set to another, and I mean, most likely, unless you're James Bond, your name's going to change, you know, so yeah. Who cares? Right. Yeah, just throw it. Who cares? It pays the bills, bro. Yeah. I don't care. The way the internet is now, uh, you know, somebody can look up Gunner and know that you were Phil Shatter and Jackson Riker and all of them at the same time. So, you know, it really don't matter. Everybody. oh, yeah, that's that guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And according to, according to, uh, matter of fact, while we're on the subject of name changes, I get a... Uh, Facebook thing last night from um, Jason Justice, our good brother, Jason. Yeah. And and it says, uh, and here's the headline for the Facebook. These wrestlers ruined their career in a matter of seconds. And I was on that list. <laughs> Apparently, I ruined my career. Apparently, I ruined my career, Casey. So oh. man, I found it funny. I watched about 10 seconds of it and it says that uh, because of my tweet, I ruined my career. So, uh, but I will say this. <clears throat> After the tweet, I was employed for another year and a half. Made more money than I ever made in my life. So apparently my career ruined, bro. Bought, bought a house. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. I just thought it was funny. Jason sent me that. But he also sent me uh, Matthew 511. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but God, can't we always say that? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> right. Speaking of which, I was I was wanting to start off today with some verses, man. I've been. Yeah. like all last week i sat on these few verses in galatians chapter 5 and reading it from the passion translation has just it's just like explosiveness the way it words it so oh, i yeah. wanted to, i wanted to read it uh, so that everybody can hear it okay for all of those uh those nazis out there no this is a <laughs> word for word translation paraphrase you know, you know yeah this is not a uh, for for the kjv nazis out there uh, yeah but anyway <laughs> I love it i heard a <clears throat> uh, I, I better leave that alone uh <laughs> anyway
0: <laughs>
1: galatians chapter 5 beginning at verse 16 It says, let me emphasize this, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit verse 18. But when you yield to the life of the spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. Oh yeah. That's good. And then man. it goes into talking about the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the acts of the flesh versus the acts of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit uh but man i i sat on that like all week last week and it just i love that part how it it talks about when you submit to the leadership of the holy spirit and we talked about it uh you know at KFG this past sunday <clears throat> when you submit to the leadership of the holy spirit you are you're soaring above the law. You're not bound by the law, you know? And that's what a lot of people don't understand about grace is it's not a license to sin. And you don't have to worry about it being a license to sin because when you're being led by the Holy spirit, as you should, all of us new creation believers should be being led in every decision by the Holy spirit. Um, he's not going to lead us into anything that's wrong. He's not going to lead us into anything that is breaking the law of God.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, man. It's just like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, turning that volume of the world down that tells you do this, do that. This is true. This is true. And turning that down and turning the Holy spirit volume up and knowing within your heart, letting the spirit lead you and guide you and living by the word, man, soaring above all that. Right. Yeah. it's good. That it is that's good. That is
1: I love it. All right. Uh, Speaking of KFG, I want to let everybody know that for the time being, we have combined our uh, regular KFG and vertical youth services at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, That's still going to be Sunday evenings, but we're going to just have both. Uh, We're going to combine them at 5 p.m. on Sunday evening. So um, no more 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. We're just coming together at one time at 5 p.m. on Sunday evenings at the Boys and Girls Club in Benton. So, uh, everyone's welcome to come join us if you're in the area and would like to. Today's topic, I believe, is going to be another popular one. I know that you have told me that this is some of the most fun that you have had in your career. We are talking about Riker and Elias. There we go.
0: It was a lot of fun, man. It's, it's funny how it come together too. So we'll, we'll
1: discuss that. I'm excited. Well, and so, you know, we've got, we got several questions, but, <clears throat> uh, and, and folks, we're going to try to get through these, you know, eventually we're not going to be able to get through every one of them on the podcast uh, every week that you send in, but we're going to try to get through, you know, some uh, here and there as we go. So if, you know, just keep listening. If your question has not been answered, keep listening. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll eventually get to it. Um, but one of those questions, uh, was, and and we're just, we'll just tie it into this episode. When you were with Elias, were you meant to sing or just be like his bodyguard?
0: No, we were kind of, uh, we had pitched some ideas of, of trying to break the Jackson Riker, like, you know, uh, what's the word stoic character a little bit and let me start doing some stuff where I was, uh, you know, randomly singing and he'd be like, Whoa, 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 bro. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But we would, they never, they never let us do that for some reason. So at the time it was just, it was a way to introduce me back into the mix of in the bodyguard or the roadie or whatever we wanted to call it. Um, but we did have some ideas that we were trying to pitch. It just, for some reason, they never latched onto it. Because I thought it would have been great. I thought yeah. it would have been great to have this, like, comedy side of me. But he's, he's serious and was like, you know, what are you doing kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, they never, they never ran with
1: it. Hey, you know, uh, being a roadie is not a bad job. I mean, a, a buddy of ours. Uh, he made a, a, a lot of money in a Hall of Fame career. You know the road yeah. he started out being the roadie of Jeff Jarrett. So hey, that's a that's a great career. <laughs> he sure did.
0: He sure did. Oh man, what a good man too, bro. Yeah. So um, we tried to pitch a couple of different ideas, but just you know, it, it they finally opened up and allowed me to have some kind of character and, and kind of express emotions more than just being the stoic guy. But right. Um,
1: yeah, man. Okay, so. <laughs> we talked last week about the forgotten sons the tweet happens you guys are taken off tv eventually the forgotten sons group is is disbanded and so from june until december are you sitting at home or are they still you still going to the the building or you know are you showing up to events or are they telling you hey just sit at the house until we call you no, man, we were sitting at the house. I mean, we had a few
0: um, phone conversations with Mark Carano at the time, uh, Bruce Pritchard at the time, because the, the plans were to keep the Forgotten Sons together. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, uh, they didn't instantly go, oh, you tweeted this. We're breaking you guys apart. It was like, we're going to take you off the TV for a little bit, you know, let the storm settle. And um, so the whole time, all three of us were sitting at home. And, you know, up until probably, I guess, maybe November, is when we realized that they're not going to bring the Forgotten Sons back together. Cause they were like pitching a few little um, ideas of how to bring us back in. Uh, but then all of a sudden it was like, they just kiboshed it. I don't know what happened there, man. Um, so, but yeah, we were, there was no going to the arenas. There was no TV, I think Blake and Cutler. Cause at that time they lived, both lived in Florida still um, somewhere in that, that season where we were sitting at home. I know they went to the arena one time in Orlando, or whatever, had a meeting with Carano about some things. Don't know what happened, you know, with that situation, but all I know is come November, it was like, oh, we're going to do some different things. And I didn't know what they were going to do with me. All I knew is I had pitched some ideas uh, on my own to Elias. Him and I had talked back and forth um, and then shot some different ideas to the office about, you know, what if I came in as like Elias's roadie or something? You know what I mean? So, um, that's really where we were. I was just sitting home from June to December, like a long extended vacation.
1: Right. Well, that that was my next question. How was uh, your relationship with Elias before you guys uh, bonded on TV? You know, how long have you known each other? What was your relationship like before you guys started working together uh, on TV? We had uh, obviously, you know, passed each other here and there
0: it was you know i had his number he had my number one of those things where we were talking every day like we we usually do um but we were always cool with one another man and and he was always really easy because like you know elias has got a good mind with characters and stuff like that so there was times i'd reach out to him and ask him about some ideas and stuff like that but wasn't like i said it was a passing in the gym in orlando when i lived there hey man how you doing kind of thing uh but never like you know we were hanging out or anything but always approachable just a good guy.
1: Right. So, uh, you guys start pitching the ideas to the office about you coming back with Elias. Uh, so, when did they tell you, hey, we're going to we're gonna run with this?
0: <laughs> Dude, funny because um, I guess it was December. I'm sitting at home on a Saturday night. It's 11 p.m. And I'm just chilling on the couch. And I get a text from um, travel, WWE travel, 11 o'clock at night, Saturday night. Hey uh they're flying you into raw for Monday. Your your flight will be um 7 no. It was your flight will be on Sunday so the next day at like whatever 2 or 3. Mm-hmm. And I'm like mm-hmm. okay, well, what what am I doing? I need to know what to bring and all this stuff. So you know, I have a 12-hour window. <laughs> um flew into raw. It was in we were in Orlando, I believe. Yeah, Orlando. Get there um and for a couple weeks, there was ideas bouncing back and forth of putting me with the, uh, oh, man, what was that team's name that, that came out there with um, Ali? Remember those guys? You remember the name of that, yeah, those, that uh, group?
1: Retribution?
0: Yeah, Retribution. Because <coughs> Ali had come up to me uh, there at TV that first week I got back and said, hey, I think your plans are bring you you know, in with retrib- Retribution and, and kind of do some stuff with us. And um, I'm like, all right, well, whatever, man, whatever gets me back in the mix. So the whole Elias thing didn't come into play because I sat at TV. I'd come in, dude, I came in for a month. Maybe I'm trying to think when Elias and I debuted together. I want to see
1: January uh, of 2020. Like, I think it was December, about okay. mid, mid second or third week of December, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so I did sit for probably
0: two or three weeks because it was like the end of November, beginning of December when I flew back into Raw. So it was two or three weeks where I was just in limbo sitting in the locker room going, what's going on? Really no word, the retribution thing. Uh, and then I came in one week and it was like, all right, what we're going to do is is put you with Elias. And then Elias and I started connecting and talking. And I just was kind of his his little uh, his security guy because people had kept interfering in his music and all of that stuff. So their idea was to, to introduce me back into that mix. Right. So it's funny. I'm, I'm glad the retribution thing didn't happen. Cause I mean, you know, some of those guys went on to do some different stuff, but it was just kind of, man, it, it kind of fizzled out after a while, you know, and I was like, well, I've been in a bad position for me. So once again, the Lord's hand was working in many different ways on that.
1: Right. So as you come back, uh, you know, we've talked about it. There were some coworkers who, you know, jumped on you about the tweet and everything is anybody coming up and, and mentioning it to you, anybody coming to you and, and griping or apologizing or, you know, saying, Hey, I know where you're coming from, but I just don't believe that you should have been talking about it at that moment. Or is anything being said? Well, you know, I'll go ahead and say it cause I, I don't really care. But um, you know, when it all happened, one of the guys who
0: came out and just kind of uh, blasted was Kevin Owens mm-hmm. and <laughs> Um, I instantly knew that, you know, Blake and Kevin were, were close. They had talked and stuff like that. I text Blake and say, dude, do me a favor. Um, ask Kevin if I can have his number. So lo and behold, Kevin said, yeah, sure. So Kevin and I actually talked one night right after this happened for probably 30 minutes. Um, basically agreed to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, but Kevin even come out and said, dude, I've said crazy stuff in my career. Um, so he was one of them that we had already talked, but the only other one. That come up and really talked to me was uh, Ali because Ali, I think, had said something about the tweet when it had all happened, and he'd come up to me that night at the arena and respectfully, man, was like, "Hey, dude, we all got our own opinions, and, and um, I just want to uh, apologize that I had said anything on the on Twitter about it. I should have just come to you, man. to man. I was like, dude, that's completely okay. I was like, I don't hold beef or grudges. And uh, you know, another one was that talked. He and I talked on the phone was uh, Xavier Woods because we've we've known each other since gosh, 2006 and just, um, you know, just kind of, you know, put it under the table and kind of iron things out. But any of the other ones who, who were tough guys, quote unquote, with my fingers here on Twitter, they didn't have anything to say. It was like, Oh, Hey man, good to see you. And just, you know, listen, I'm whatever the fake wrestling business. We know how it is, you know, Hey, Hey, come here. Let me give you a hug. I'm going to stick this knife in your back. But, (laughs) um, You know, but those guys did, man, and and you know, it's not like Kevin and I were buddies and went out to dinner together. Um, but you know, it was a conversation we had, and and uh, at least you know he was willing to talk to me. And
1: and that's that man, that's the big thing in today's society that I wish that people could learn. Just because we might disagree on beliefs yeah. or politics or whatever, don't mean that we have to hate each other. Right. But that's what society says that we've got to do. If if you disagree with anything that I believe, then you hate me. And, yeah. you know, why can't more people be like Kevin and be like Ali and you know <laughs> sit down and talk? And if you agree to disagree, that's fine. Hey, uh, I respect your opinion. We can still work together. We'll still have fun. We can still make money together. No big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Just man up talk to the guy. There was one person in particular that the night the tweet went out instead of getting on Twitter, like all the other, you know, trolls, uh, this person actually texted me, said, Hey, I don't understand why you would post that. Um, but you know, I I think it's probably the bad time to do so. And I respectfully said, man, I disagree. I've posted stuff like this before. I didn't say anything wrong. So, you know, that person, I appreciate just reaching out to me that night instead of just getting on Twitter and going, Oh, you know, blah 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 let's you know let's let's throw fuel in the fire so people continue to you know threaten your family and threaten your career you yeah. know that's the things you don't you, that really got me was have I mean it would probably fizzled out if it wasn't meant for the uh you know the superstars who I worked with um adding fuel to the fire on Twitter because they wanted to wanted people to go oh we praise you because you don't uh, agree with gunner yeah but anyway yeah. anyway.
1: All right, so uh, you show up in December of 2020 uh, standing with Elias. Um, have they given you guys any kind of future green lights or just said, hey, let's, let's throw you guys on TV with this and let's see what happens?
0: No, it was just throw you on TV, see what happens, uh, see how you guys look together. Basically, I think it was a trial run. Um, you know you're gonna kind of be Elias's little hitman. If somebody kind of tries to interfere, you're there to 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 uh, bounce them around basically. but we yeah, it was definitely I think a trial run. and I don't even think they knew what they wanted to do with it until maybe maybe Vince saw me and said, man, that's a big guy because we had me coming out in black jeans and like a black tight shirt and a pair mm-hmm. of boots and um, then Vince was like, no, I want you to take your shirt off. And of course, you know, he's a body guy. He always has been. And I was like, good. Cause I'm yeah. I, I'm, why not show it off? Feel restricted um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of progressed as we talked about it. Well, you know, I was wrestling in jeans. I had to get these special jeans made from the lady who makes my jacket. They're like stretchy material. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, once again, Coach mentioned that how do you get legs like that? Well, <laughs> jeans are hard to confine. <laughs> My legs are not good with jeans. I've ripped many pairs. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but, and then Vince was like, you know, I'm, I don't want you in jeans anymore. Have you ever wore trunks? So apparently, Vince had never watched me wrestle before. <laughs> and, and I say, like, well, yes, I have trunks all over the place. Um, so it's like, okay, we want you in gear. When it's time to wrestle, we want you in gear. So it, we, we, we slowly progressed from this, like, stoic hitman that i was used to being Mm -hmm. uh to to progressing into some character into gear which i loved i mean you know we can talk about some of the vignettes elias and i did where i was getting a chance to have a comedy side so it was great
1: yeah uh so now uh you are originally i believe maybe on the first episode of raw that you guys are together uh truth comes out i don't man i don't see. It would be very hard to work with that guy and not break. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. He was, yes. But anyway, Truth comes out and uh, interrupts uh, telling you guys that he didn't mean to interrupt the last segment that he interrupted. And uh, then the the twenty four seven guys hit the ring, and, and you destroy some of them, show the big, once again, big henchmen kind of deal, and, uh, you know, you guys are off to the races. When did you guys progress into, like, the tag team side of things?
0: It had to be maybe um, – it's a couple months in, man, so maybe February or so we were already starting to do, like, some tag matches where – it might have even have been sooner. Like, we were doing some stuff where he and I would – or I would be out at the ringside with him. He would be working like Lucha House Party or one of those guys or something, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're going to put you guys, you and Elias against uh, two of the members of Lucha House Party. So it was pretty quick within a a few months. I know we started working uh, tag matches, not, you know, I was still in jeans and stuff like that at that time, jeans and shirtless. They'd have me doing stuff where, you know, Hardy would come out there and interfere with Elias. And then the next week I would work Jeff, or the next week I would work uh, League from Lucha House Party. Uh, but then we started doing some tag matches. So it wasn't it – wasn't, it wasn't long after because him and I were already starting to come up with, hey, man, some different ideas that we can do. Um, and uh, – but, yeah, I mean, it, no, it wasn't probably a couple months.
1: Yeah. So you guys' first big uh, thing is with Shane McMahon uh, in this big story that he's doing against Braun Strowman. And of course, you know, we know Strowman was pushed as a beast. And uh, yeah. you know, I mean, you guys gotta be feeling good because anytime you're slated with a McMahon, that that means something.
0: <laughs> it does. And we were doing really funny, like cool promos with Shane, man. And Shane's just super laid back, completely opposite than his father. Now Vince may have been laid back years ago, but Shane's just kinda like one of the boys. He dresses in the locker room with the guys, he comes and hangs out. And um, Just easy to approach, you know, full of ideas, dude. So it was, uh, I was like, man, this is crazy. Like when you're, when you're attached to Shane McMahon or even Braun at the time, you know, that um, you're you're getting like a main event kind of push storyline
1: there. Right. So now who came to y'all with that creative uh, to, to do this?
0: It was the writers. They came up to us and started talking about um, Shane was coming in to start building up a storyline with, Braun to lead into WrestleMania 37 there in Tampa, and I think Elias may have spoken to Shane because he knew Shane kind of well, mm-hmm. and kind of um, you know was talking to him about us being kind of his uh, his his little goons, his little whatever cronies you want to call it. And Shane loved the idea. He was like, man, that'd be great because we can use you guys uh, when I run away. You guys take the you know you guys take the heat for everything, which a lot of the times we were just bumping around for Braun. Um, but then going into Mania, it was like using us to. Make the fans think that Shane was going to pull one over on him, and obviously it backfired for us. Yeah.
1: Hey, man, that's that's good stuff, though. Like I said, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're slated with a with a McMahon, uh, you know you're in a you're in a featured spot, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man.
0: And then not only that, but we talked about like my SmackDown debut, my Raw debut, and then here I am. I'd always made this this vow with myself because I got I had opportunities to go to WrestleMania at, growing up you know, as a fan, and I was always stubborn. I said, absolutely not. I won't go unless I'm on the card. And and lo and behold, man, you know, April 8th, 2021, I'm there uh, in, at WrestleMania, bro, and it was amazing. I wish it would have been, you know, because they split up in two days and limited the number of fans because of COVID during that time. But, um, yeah, it was crazy just to be a part of that. Yeah.
1: It, it, you kind of had that idea, and I had that idea for a long time there whenever – uh, once I got in the business, I was like, if I'm not booked, I'm not going. You know, I turned on my fan. <laughs> yeah. You remember? Yeah, stubborn. <laughs> From the-, yeah. The-, the-, on the mat. He's like, no, Terry, I'm not oh, going. Yeah. If I'm not booked, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I, I do remember that. Oh, but I want you to be there. No, if I'm not, I'm not booked, Terry. <laughs> so that So That's kind of how I was, too, in a lot of a lot of guys be like, hey, uh, we got tickets to go WWE over here. And I'm like, "Uh, the office ain't called me for an extra spot. I ain't going.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're just stubborn old men. But luckily mine paid off and I got a mania uh, memory there. So it was pretty sweet. We got a chance, you know, we got to bump off the side of the cage. And I remember them, somebody said, uh, Bruce Pritchard or maybe somebody, they say, hey, be sure, you know, you don't like – cheese this bump. Like, we need you guys to look like you took a nasty fall. And I'm thinking, dude, it's WrestleMania. So, what did, you know, Chad do? He gets knocked off the cage, and I just kind of flat back to the floor. And I was like, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> laying there trying to get your breath. it's Mania. Ah. Oh, yeah. It But it's Mania,
1: man. So, I got that under my belt. <laughs> yeah. That's very good.
0: Yeah, well, bro. then,
1: uh, after that, we move on. You could tell in these matches, uh, you know, some of the ones early on, <clears throat> you guys against Jeff Hardy and Ricochet or Jeff Hardy and Carlito, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you you progressed into working uh Orton and Riddle mm-hmm. and New Day and AJ and Omos. And I mean, you guys are in the mix. Uh so as your, As you're uh, going through this, how is your relationship building? Are you guys getting closer? Are you guys traveling together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely traveling together, man. It's one of those things we'd link up, ride together,
0: room together. Because we we got a lot in common, you know, our, our beliefs – um and stuff like that i won't doubt too much in the you know elias's personal life but man we really we connected well when i was in orlando him and i you know like i said trained together i'd stay at his place and um which was great because we had so much in common we could come together and come up with these different ideas and you know he he, like i said once again he's smart when it comes to putting matches together man the guy's just a professional so if something he knew because he had been on raw for many years before i came uh, he would go, hey, man, this like they're not going to let us do this, or let's do it this way because it's going to look better on TV for live TV. So he was teaching me in the long run when it came to stuff like that, dude. Uh, just a good good guy to travel with, positive. You know, him and I are just gym, gym rats, and we're done with the arena. We're right to the hotel. And um, so, yeah, uh, definitely had a, a traveling relationship, which was great.
1: Yeah, good. Yeah. So you guys uh, seemingly moving up the ranks. You're like I said, working, uh, all of these matches, new day, RK, bro, uh, yeah. AJ and Omos who are the tag team champions at that time. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to jump too far to the end. Yeah. Uh, so if there's anything that you would like to throw in about stuff that you guys were doing, uh, one, uh, one thing that I did, you mentioned some comedy stuff, uh, I cracked up when I saw you guys with the tomatoes. Yes. I was just thinking about that.
0: <laughs> it was so fun. Cause the writers came to, came to us with this stuff. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, thank the Lord, man. Like I'm, I'm tired of just standing there voiceless and faceless and emotionless. Like giving you're giving me some character stuff. And, and I talked to some of the writers and they was like, yeah, that's what I mean. We want to uh, kind of dive into who you are. And I was like, well, I've done movies. I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I joke around a lot at home and and it's just who I am. So just let me in that role. So the tomato thing was great. Cause some of these, like with AJ, man, his promos, the way he like, he talks and he's just naturally kind of goofy in a way when it comes to promos, Mm -hmm. it was hard not to crack up a few times. You mentioned, um, um, Ron truth, you know, like, you know, luckily I'm one of those guys, like when I know the camera's on, it's very hard to get me to crack. And if I do, like, I know which way to turn my face so that, um, you know, the camera's not going to catch me, but Ron was hard at times, man. Yeah. Um, but it was so, yeah, that tomato, tomato one was great. That was one. I think we, man, it was like a one taker maybe cause it was live. I think we busted that one live. So we went over it a few times, but, um, throwing tomatoes and just <laughs> it was just, I was like, this is disgusting. I mean, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that one was a lot of fun, but it was nice to finally get out of that that uh, rut of just a Jackson Riker who didn't say
1: anything. Right. So you guys headed toward, um, you guys run through some matches and you end up getting a shot at, uh, AJ. Well, actually during this time, you guys are going back and forth having singles matches with, with a lot of these guys in between the tag matches too. Um, you know, you have a good one on Raw with AJ, <clears throat> and then uh, you end up in a tag team title match with you and Elias against uh, AJ and Omos. Now, mm-hmm. had they given you any idea uh, beforehand? Hey, this is going to be long term. We're gonna we're we think we're going to put the the titles on you. What you know? Is there anything like that, or you still just? They- kinda- Going in, every once again and shooting from the hip.
0: No, once again throwing darts at the dartboard in WWE sometimes, man, like we never got the word of hey, we're going to put the titles on you. But every single week, we're having tag matches with New Day, AJ, those guys, Orton, and 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 um, Riddle. We'd get to the back, and Vince was like, "You guys look great together. Like this is going to be, this is going to be good for you guys." You know, blah blah blah. So we're thinking, all right, cool. Like we're probably going to go to the pay per view and work with New Day, which thought we were going to because funny thing is Elias and i are like, well, it looks like we might win the tag titles, which would be great. Um, it was on a Friday before we were to fly out Sunday, no, Saturday for pay-per-view. We get a call from, or a text from one of the writers who dealt with us and say, can we get all three of us on a call? like, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We get on there and we're thinking, man, we're going to go in Sunday and win the tag titles. It's going to be fun. And he goes, well, guys, listen, we're going to, um, bring you guys in for TV, but you're not going to, um, We're not going to do the pay-per-view. We'll have you at the pay-per-view in case you need you. Uh, But Monday, we're going to do a split with you guys. And we're like, like, you just hear Elias just starts laughing. He goes, what? (laughs) And me, I'm like, I'm like, what's going on right now? Because for, you know, two months, Vince is praising us. like, hey, you guys get some matching stuff. You guys um, look great together. Like, I'm just like, dude, this is nuts. So Elias and I get off the phone with the writer and call one another. We're like, so weird. And I was like, yeah, it's very weird. I don't know. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall of the meeting that said, we're just going to split these two guys up. And maybe it was Vince looking at me as like, okay, maybe we can push him as a new baby face. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause it was not far after that where we had a meeting. I had a one-on-one meeting with Vince about cutting my hair and all that stuff. But yeah, man, we, we were all hyped up. They we were gonna get the tag titles and continue this run because dude, we really were. And I'm not toot my own horn, but <clears throat> we were having some really good tag matches like physical tag matches with new day. They were happy with the run. We were happy with what was going on. Uh, riddle and, and, and RKO are Randy Orton was super awesome to work with. Um, but once again, throwing darts at a dartboard, you know, instead of letting that run its course and then slowly doing like a turn, it was like, Oh, the next week we're working, um, Omos and AJ. And it's like, Elias, you're gonna just basically drop off the ring apron when Riker tries to tag and he's gonna look at you, but then when he turns around, big old Omos is gonna be there just to clobber him. So yeah. Um, you know, which gave me mm-hmm. some, you know, luckily we did it that way instead of just some random like this week or a team, next week, who cares? There was some fuel there for me to be able to come in hot with Elias and have some aggression.
1: Yeah. So you uh you guys go to this this match and like you said, uh it's just hey, uh, toward the end, Elias just walks off and leaves you to to get yeah. destroyed. And had they given you, once again, dartboard, but had yeah. they given you direction of life after you and Elias? Had, had they said, hey, we're going to put you guys in this big story and then we're going here? Or is it just once again, we're throwing darts?
0: Well, they did say that, you know, once they told us about the split with Elias that we were going to um, – Elias and I would do a lengthy is the word I remember a lengthy feud to where we do some kind of blow off. And that lengthy, lengthy feud, I think was three matches. So that wasn't lengthy at all, but that we did have direction on. We didn't know that we're going into a symphony of destruction match until, uh, so we did and we did the strap match. We did a bunch of brawls and it was a lot of fun, man. But, um, after that there was no, there was nothing. It was like, all right, well, we're going to, Riker work on you being a baby face, start kind of feeding you different heels, and then go from there. Um, but the Elias thing, I thought, man, we could have, dude, we could have milked that for so long, yeah. You know, but we didn't. It was three, you know, three or four weeks because that happened in, I guess, the beginning of June, and then July is when we did our first live TV back in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was like July
1: nineteenth or the twentieth or something like that. So. And that was <clears throat> that was the symphony of destruction match, which yeah, you guys. Uh, once Elias leaves you, he. I, I want to say something real quick because I was thinking about it a minute ago. You mentioned it a couple of different times, and I know that we had several times on our recording schedule where when you were still with WWE. The travel uh, for those, just some little insight for for guys wanting to go there, uh, not not discouraging anybody from going there, but just saying, right, hey, you might want to expect this uh, at least if it's still like that today, which I'm sure that it is. But there were several times, hey, we, you know, usually a lot of times we, you know, you would fly into Tampa and get to the hotel, and we would record on Sunday evenings uh, yep. while you were still there, and then. You know, once you guys went back to live or whatever, uh, stuff started changing. But a lot of times, it was you know they would send you that text like the day before and say, "Hey, we're flying you to the pay per view," and you're like, "I'm not even on the thing. What am I supposed to?" Be doing? You know? <laughs> and I never was. I yeah. Never was. And you'd be like, "There." Yeah, you'd yeah. be like, "Okay, uh, we'll we'll have to we'll have to do like Tuesday when I get home or something." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." Good. But I mean that happens quite a bit. You've mentioned two or three times just in this episode that it happened with you throughout this time period. Oh man, many times. Yeah, and that's the thing. You just gotta you just gotta be on the
0: road, ready to go at all times. I mean, my gear bag was always packed. Luckily, I knew at that time there was no like you're leaving home on a, a Sunday morning or a Saturday night and not getting back till Thursday, you know, there was no house shows. So it was simple just to throw some stuff in a bag and, and be ready all the time. But it was frustrating when you get to a pay-per-view thinking, well, maybe I'll do something. But then you get there and it's like, ah, I'm just going to hold catering chair down and watch the show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, get ready for that. I mean, you, you, you with the dream and with uh, chasing the professional wrestling dream comes the waiting. And I always say the Marine Corps taught me to do that. There was a lot of 15-hour days in the Marine Corps where we would sit for five hours just uh, waiting to be told, okay, this is what we're doing for the day, which sounds crazy. But when you're building up for a deployment or something, that's really how it is. It's like you don't know when you're going to get off. You don't – you know. so it built me up for wrestling.
1: Right. So in our last few minutes here, you and Elias, you, you go through – weeks of raw where you know you do a brawl and he he walks out i think you win by count out on one and then then there's a strap match where you guys are linked yeah. together can't get away from Indeed. each other um and then you know you i think there's a there's a tag match where you and uh ron killings against um elias and who was there that one? Oh, man i uh, brain dead on that one I do I don't, the let me, match yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have had yeah.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. That was that was a fun man. Anyway, go ahead. I don't want to jump too
1: far. Uh, but then the Symphony mm-hmm. of Destruction match, which you know, you text me that night and you'd kind of given me an idea because at that time, just to let the cat out of the bag, we wasn't watching too much. You would text <laughs> and say, Hey, this is the segment I'm going on yeah. around nine or whatever. And you told me kind of your time slot. And I'm like, wow, they're giving you guys time to work a story. And yeah. So, you know, that was really good. That match uh, was a really solid match. And it looked like, you know, even though they had split you guys up, that, that both of you were going to come out of that uh, for the better. Sure. No. And
0: we were in like, I think it's called what we called it a rollover spot. I want to say, where, you know, you got the hours from uh, eight to nine that roll over to nine o'clock and then nine that rolls over to ten. And we were in that nine to ten o'clock rollover time, which is always good because they say that a lot of people tune in on those rollover times. So, uh, man, we, we and really it was first match in a while where we had free game to basically do whatever we want to. I remember us going through the arena uh, that night. They always had a prop area. And we were like, can we use this, this, this? And they are like, yeah, you use anything you want to. And obviously the big baby grand piano that we decided to pull out there, I mean, that thing wasn't going to break. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it was just really cool for us to be able to have ideas. You know, the suplex off the top to the floor. I mean, I'll give Shane Helms credit for that. He, that was this idea. He kind of pitched a few to Vince. We had pitched a few to Shane to pitch to And Shane was, um, I mean, Vince loved the suplex to the floor. Because there was just a moment there where, as I snatched him on the second rope when we're about to go over, I just kind of paused and look to the people and mm-hmm. you can actually see, and I could feel it like the roar coming. And I was like, Oh man. Yeah. And, uh, but the, a lot of stuff in that match hurt. Um, we had like, I think we had maybe 12 minutes, 13 minutes, something total, which is a lot of TV time. Right. And, um, you know, so we, we took it all, man. And we just, uh, the thing that hurt the worst, I tell everybody, they always say, what hurt the worst Subex the suplex to the floor? I was like, that knocked the breath out of us. Mm-hmm. But the thing that hurt the worst, bro, was the cello shot to my back. <laughs> you and I had talked about yeah. it. It was because that thing, you know, a guitar, like an acoustic guitar, they can hollow out, take the guts out. It's, you know, it's going to hurt, but it's going to bust. This cello, if you know much about a cello, it's got like a, a round back. So it, it kind of rounds out like a moon shape. Mm-hmm. Dude, when he hit me it might hit my uh my left kind of like rhomboid area so my shoulder blade and just instantly seized up and i remember it shot down into my leg and into my neck and i'm thinking i'm just laying on the ground going man i gotta take one more of these and you know he was he was easy on me but that thing hurt so bad i couldn't lift my arm for about two days uh but it was all worth it. you know yeah. we, we come out of that match thinking i come out of that match thinking man i'm being built this is great like this really went off well elias had already been built i mean he you know Like, it was a match where he put me over uh, to help establish this new guy. And uh, I'm very thankful to him for that. And it's nice to know that, like, I had a live match on Raw um, for the first live TV back since, you know, the COVID mess in two years. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a part of that history. It was great to be in front of people. And um, so, I can hang that on my belt. But after that, we know that I just kind of did main event matches and job matches on Raw and just – strange man yeah
1: yeah we'll talk about we'll talk about that some other time I know that there's a lot of questions about what was the plan after Elias we'll get into that later on but uh, we're going to wrap this one up man I think it's been a a good episode a lot of meat in this one that a a lot of Mm -hmm. fans will uh, like hearing about Uh, you got anything before we wrap it up
0: I don't, man. I I just want to thank uh, everybody for supporting my career. Like, I mean, it's not over. Obviously, we know here in 2023, I'm going to kind of finish up my career doing some shows. But just uh, like I said, it's just cool to sit back and go. Somebody said it the other day, um, Terry Skaggs, man. He actually sent me a voice memo and and was just uh, saying, man, I was just sitting in in prayer and just thinking about you. And like, God's really allowed you to do some cool stuff in life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? You're right, man. Like, we talked last week about. I watched the first SmackDown when I was a kid. Yeah. I made it to SmackDown. You know, I remember watching Raw and the Attitude Era and I made it to Raw. That was my ultimate goal. I worked beside Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and Sting and dude, the names go on and I'm not boasting, but it's one of those things where I sit back some time ago, man, if if I don't have another match ever. Yeah. Yeah dude, I've lived my dream and God's given me the most amazing platform to be able to share his, you know, his glory basis is for his glory. And I've realized that. So I'm just very thankful for those who supported me and just, um, family, friends, everybody fans. So that's it, man.
1: That's great. And, uh, like you said, there's, there's more to come and, uh, man, I'm just excited about what we're doing here on the podcast. We've been getting a lot of great feedback. Um, a lot of people saying, Hey, uh, it's kind of exciting to hear you guys talk about wrestling again. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these, a lot of the people, uh, they want to know your thoughts. They want to know stuff from the inside, from where you've been. And, and, you know, uh, me as well, but not on a bigger a scale as for so long. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, they want to know, they want to know more of the inside stuff. And uh, so, uh, we enjoy talking about it, but um, we enjoy getting all of the the feedback and yeah. everybody sending their questions. Everybody uh, just just really uh, enjoying what we're doing. So we're thankful for all of you guys. Be sure to share the Wrestling for the Faith podcast with everybody. Let everybody know about it. Um, if you have questions, you can email them to Wrestling for the Faith at gmail.com, or I'm going to put this one out there, use the hashtag AskWFF on social media. Uh, so if you have questions for us to talk about or topics for us to talk about here on the podcast, uh, Wrestling for the Faith at gmail.com or uh, social media hashtag ASKWFF. Nice. Guys, we love you. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lael on Twitter at CWLayle underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.